us everyone welcome to the charvuk podcast this is your host kushal mehra all right today's podcast is going to cover the recent clashes that have happened in leicester in england and uh, to talk about that i have with me uh, ravi lakhani ravi is a national coordinator for vichar manthan uh, ravi welcome to the podcast hi kushal good to be here uh thanks for coming over man uh first of all i want to start by asking you how are you feeling everything good yeah pretty good i think uh the situation on the ground seems to be calming down um and starting to become more peaceful and yeah everybody wants to see it go that way so maybe we can start from here um can you first start by telling everybody who's watching this all my audiences uh how things went down how did it all get started because there's no clarity or surety about how things started too yeah i i think there's a lot of layers to this and it it gets quite complicated um but we can start with a timeline and then uh, deep dive into some of the nuances and and the background and the sort of festering tensions that were there before so the official timeline starts around the 28th of august uh, india pakistan cricket match india won and for anybody that knows leicester and knows the belgrade area there's the golden mile uh which is you know diwali is big there eid is big there vesakhi is huge there so the indian fans are out in uh, in force on on belgrade road partying shouting you know india is in the ball of these things bharat mata ki jai um and some drunk guy comes along uh, we think he's indian uh, ethnicity religion we don't really know we think he's indian um and he's just drunk and he's been partying with the india fans for a while but then he gets a little bit Larry and he starts causing trouble. Uh there's a video of some of the fans hugging him, taking him to the side, trying to calm him down. At some point it just gets too much. He like snatches the India flag uh, and he he basically disrespects it. He either snaps it or he stamps on it. Um when we're not fully clear, but he disrespects it and it starts causing fights. Um and this goes down sort of on the 28th. Um and it's in in social media which is the sort of second layer of reality away from the ground it starts to get put out as bunch of indians beat up a muslim man uh, this starts going around um and then we get to the sort of 4th of september again india pakistan cricket match uh, and pakistan win uh, and it just it just happens to be also ganesh chaturthi right so it's this uh, hindu festival and a bunch of hindu homes are celebrating early in that day um on this day one of the ganesh chaturthi houses is egged so while they're doing the puja eggs are thrown at the puja at the house um and about yeah people people are basically attacked and annoyed now on this day it looks like there's also a video of a hindu boy beating up a a muslim shopkeeper um and the when we when we spoke to people on the ground the narrative that they're giving is that he recognized somebody who'd thrown the eggs or incited the throwing of the eggs and just uh, just went at him um is is the narrative on the ground uh, and again this this video kind of spirals on social media is interpreted as hindu thugs beating up muslim people in leicester um so so this happens and and later that night there's a, there's a video um of people in the same area in the same area where the ganesh chaturthi uh, happened chasing a couple of the hindu boys that were at the ganesh chaturthi Uh, and you can see knives in this video so so two of the boys were slashed uh on on the 4th and 5th um sort of early hours of the 5th um on the 5th there's another video the next day 
where again, on the, so this is outside of Belgrave Road. It's a little area um, near sort of Green Lane, Woodland Road, um, where, where a lot of the tensions are concentrated. Um, and on this day, there's a video of a mob coming down, um, shouting Allahu Akbar. And essentially, any any car that has some sort of Hindu symbol is smashed. Uh, there's lots of pictures that we can pull up later. These cars that are smashed, um, and a couple of at least one door I've seen was kicked in, uh, and there's reports of a few more. Um, and this this carries on for sort of ten days. This sort of in that area. Uh, there's reports of people driving around in cars, uh, winding down the window saying, are you Indian or Muslim? And then if you say Indian, they just jump out and they jump you or they try and stab you. Um, and there's a few incidents like this that have been reported to the police. So this is all going on in the background. Um, and on the 17th of September, which is a really key date for your listeners, um, the Hindu community in this area decide to organize a peace march. Um, and this is this is really key. So they decide to organize a peace march. And what they're saying is on the 4th, the 5th, the 6th, they didn't feel safe. So we know at least 30 individuals that moved out of that area. They lived at their, their Jaja's house, their cousin's house, their mama's house in different parts of Leicester. Um, and they didn't go home for those three days. They felt it was not safe. Um, and by the 17th, that they're tired of basically being picked off when they're walking around. So they decide to do this peace march. Um, and that's that's the day we see the videos of this uh, so-called Hindu mob marching in the streets, shouting Jai Shri Ram um, and Har Har Mahadev. Right. So if if, you, if your viewers have seen that video, that's that's happening on the 17th. Um, now, now, the bit here that that again, you know, social media starts to spin is they were they were provoking and they were in front of a masjid and in front of a mosque. Um, and, and we went and spoke to local Muslims in the area. And it's very clear that the people on the march live in that area. So, so they're not marching in front of a mosque, they're marching to, to go home, to go back to their homes, right? Um, on the 17th, um, this march reaches the sort of top of Belgrave Road, um, and it's met, it's met, so in that, this march is between 300 to 500 people, exact numbers we're not super sure on, uh, the police are sort of updating at the moment, um, and, and they're met by a similar number, of um, sort of Muslim youth in, in balaclavas and masks and so on at the top of Belgrave Road. And there's a thin line of police between them. On the 17th, the police are not expecting this. Uh, they weren't really prepared for it and they, they know they weren't prepared for it. So, so they're massively, let's say, un understaffed. Um, and in the late hours of the 17th, early hours of the 18th is where we see two major incidents. So one is the Shivale at the top of Belgrave Road. Uh, your viewers will have seen this video of somebody jumping on top of the mandir uh, and yanking off this flag. Um, so this is happening on the 17th. Um, and then there's a, a separate video which we can pull up later of somebody trying to burn that flag. Um, what's a little bit amusing, although the situation isn't, is that because of EU regulations, flags are made out of inflammable materials, so they can't burn it properly. <laughs> and then also what happens on this day is, um, they, they they kind of block and surround the entrance to the Swaminarayan Mandir um, while there's people still inside. Uh, so this, mm -hmm. this is all going on on the 18th. Um, and on the 19th, which is the Sunday, uh, there's supposed to be a Muslim peace march, uh, but it's very quickly dissipated and they end up walking around that area for sort of two hours quite peacefully. They're shouting Allahu Akbar Takbir, but, but it's relatively peaceful. Um, and then it starts raining and everybody goes home. Um, 
So this, this is a sort of brief um, timeline. The final bit I'll talk about, you know, so we can open this conversation out is, uh, it's been linked to this idea that Sadvi Ritambara was coming uh, and that she's a hate speaker. So on the 20th of September, there's a protest outside the Durga Bhavan in Birmingham. Uh, and that's where we see videos of, there's one bottle being thrown, nobody was injured. And uh, one of the protesters or mob uh, jumps on the gate and starts making lewd gestures. I'm not sure if he pulled out his member or not. Um, but yeah, on the video, it looks like he did. Um, and at the time inside, there's an interfaith meeting going on. So there's an imam, there's a lady with a hijab, there's a gyani, there's the pundit inside. Um, so this happens on the 20th. That's a brief overview of the, the events. All right. So uh, this is uh, quite an interesting timeline. Now, um, maybe I want to focus specifically now on... Uh, do you think we maybe we can talk about the coverage as far as the the clash itself was concerned because this is the entire timeline so so can we maybe talk about because i am really confused like when i look at the media coverage so i just just want to like you know i think uh, what was it the mail online uh, mail online it was uh, what was that guy man nick or something i can't pronounce his name but you know uh, who was that guy? He had uh, he had some absurd coverage. The Telegraph had some absurd coverage, and 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 uh, everybody talks about this one particular gentleman who who is their source. Uh, if I'm getting his name Majid right, Freeman? his name is yes, Majid Freeman. Yeah, Majid Freeman. Uh, everybody seems to be going to Majid Freeman and. Uh, there was this another journalist. Uh, I forgot uh, the lady's name. It was some Khan lady. Uh, she was wearing a hijab and reporting. Is a Guardian journalist, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so what what exactly is happening now in the British media? Like uh, whatever I tried to read uh, as far as coverage in the British media was concerned, it's as if it's a completely different world from what I was trying to understand from speaking with multiple people, which includes uh, you. Uh, so what exactly is happening there? Yeah, I'd say that there's probably three different worlds. One is the real world on the ground, what's actually occurring. <laughs> Number two is what's happening on social media. And the third one is what's happening in the sort of mainstream media. Um, and it looks like, I, I don't know if this is endemic of mainstream media uh, on the whole, but it looks like there was not too many mainstream media on the ground during these events. So what they were doing is they were just picking stuff off social media uh, and, and interviewing those who were, most vocal and, and seem to be on the ground. Um, if we talk about fake news specifically, um, then there's a few very clear incidents of this. So um, there was an accusation, for example, that there was a kidnapping by a member of uh, the Hindu community in this area, that there was an attempted kidnapping. And uh, Majid Freeman, the gentleman in question that we're talking about, he said he'd gone and spoken to the girl and spoken to the family of the girl and they were very traumatized. Um, and, and the police later put out a statement saying this kidnapping did not in fact happen. And the individual whose face they put up on social media and his car and his address uh, um, was actually in Italy at the time. Uh, he was on holiday. We've seen the tickets. We've seen a selfie of him on the plane. We've seen him taking nice little pictures in the sort of main Italian square. So, so that, nice that kidnapping Majid. didn't happen. Sorry? Okay. And I said, how nice of Majid. Yeah, 
Yeah, so so this this is one of those instances of fake news. Uh, the second instance was there was reports that, that during this march on the 17th that the masjid was being attacked uh, and the police very quickly put out a statement saying this is not the case. Uh, the masjid has, has not in fact been attacked. Um, so uh, yeah, the police were a little more proactive after this. Um, and, and the third bit is uh, this idea uh, that, um, sorry, yeah, so, so, so these are the two sort of main, main ideas of fake news um, that, that we can go to. So, uh, so initially there was this uh, thing going around uh, where, what was that email written? And that itself had led to the confusion. I, I remember a name, and correct me if I'm wrong, some gentleman called Peter. And an email was circulating around with the, with the name Peter from the police or the government itself making things up. And uh, that is what led to uh, the way things are. Is that true or something of that sort? I don't think that's entirely true. I haven't fully seen that email. Um, but, but it looks like from the ground, what it looks like is there were a few local tensions. The Hindu community in that area is a minority. that They don't speak English particularly well. Um, and they've been celebrating their festivals loudly for the past year. Anytime Ram Nami comes, Ganesh Chaturthi comes, Indian Independence Day comes, they celebrate loudly. Um, and we spoke to a few Muslim residents and they're not particularly happy with the sort of volume and also how these festivals are happening late at night. Uh, so they're saying that it's going on till 12, 1 a.m. Uh, and they're not particularly happy. They're annoyed with that. Um, and so, so this this is sort of been festering. And then on the ground, it looks like this at some point reached reached a peak and the Ganesh Chaturthi was egged. The, the, the link to the cricket seems a little bit tenuous and it seems like the cricket was picked up as an excuse uh, to, to do something about this underlying tension. Um, and then the Ganesh Chaturthi was egged and there was this knifing and, and that's where it really flared from. Um, and then it looks like that incident where uh, some Hindu Hindu man uh, beat up a Muslim shopkeeper was used to say, no, 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 this is Hindutva thugs uh, who, who are directly going after Muslims. And then it became this sort of Hindu-Muslim issue. Um, and, and that's where we see, so the police have said a lot of the 500 uh, sort of Muslim youth that came down were from Birmingham, were not from Leicester, but from out of the area. Um, and, and we've seen messages saying, you know, if, if you're, uh, we should support our Muslim brothers and so on and so forth. So a lot of this is coming from outside of Leicester. Okay, so 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 you're saying that even in the case of the Muslim community, a significant chunk of Muslims who don't even live in Leicester are not doing this. There are Muslims outside Leicester who are coming in Leicester, and uh, they they are speaking up on the behalf of uh, my brothers and sisters. Is that that's literally happening? Yeah, that's what we're seeing. What we're seeing is. Is there's there's locals in the Hindu community that are calling for peace. There's a there's a whole bunch of statements that people can look up. There's Muslims in their community that are calling for peace, um, and then it looks like it's a few individuals that are stoking this into the narrative that we're seeing and saying no 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 we need to do something about this. Um, yeah, and you using social media to 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 get that out. All right. So so but how the hell can when we talk about mainstream media in England, like there's Sky News, there's Channel 4, there's Telegraph, there's Independence, there's GB News, there's Daily Mail. All of them mess it up. Like not one gets it right. Yeah. Um, I think from our perspective, the biggest thing is, did they have people on the ground? Uh, and if not, who were they talking 
two on the ground. And, and it seems like for quite a few, it was this gentleman, Majid Freeman. Um, and that I believe is being called into question now by their own legal teams and so on, is why was this the person that was that was being interviewed? Um, and and the Guardian journalist, I'll, I'll pick up actually, it was a Rabia Khan or um, Aina J Khan. So, so Aina Khan was on the ground, we saw her on the ground. Um, and, and she interviewed one of the fellows from this Hindu community and said he is RSS. Um, mm -hmm. So sort of we have a video of this interview and it's pretty clear he says that he's not RSS. Um, wait, wait, then, wait, wait, wait. She wrote an article which says he's RSS and you're telling me you're literally having a copy of the video that he's saying he's not RSS. We're pretty sure. So the, the audio is not so clear. So we're trying to tidy that up and get it tidied up. And if we have it tidied up, then we'll share it openly. Um, I don't want to throw stuff out there, you know, that's not rock solid. Um, but we, we're 90% sure he said no. Um, but we'll double check. On the other side, you know, if we want to um, sort of hats off to say Aina. So the third bit of fake news was that, was that there was a BJP RSS bus that was coming up from London. Um, and Aina actually did a good piece of journalism and said, no, 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 no. This is basically a tour bus owned by a tour company that just picks up its passengers outside of Monday. It has nothing to do with BJP RSS. So she did a nice little thread on that, uh, which dispelled that bit of fake news. So, uh, so, but, you know, a few weeks ago, this has nothing to do currently with the Leicester uh, riots. Uh, uh, let, let me, let me be even more specific, right? So I don't know how to uh, pronounce his second name. The first name is Sunny Hundal. All right. So Hundal, he, yeah, yeah Sunny Hundal. And he did a, uh, he he had done this uh, supposed article um, that you know basically uh, covered uh, something. British Indians have a big racism problem. We need to be honest about it. That was the article, right? Uh, and yeah. basically, that was uh, I don't know how to say it. If there ever was uh, gaslighting an entire community. Just, you know, like basically, you gaslight. For the record, they took that article down. And even while taking it down, Sunny Hundal uh, pretends to show as if he's doing everyone a big favor. And, oh, you guys don't know. And then when these things happen, he says, I told you MFers. You MFers don't listen to me. I told you this was going to happen. How was this not going to happen when you have independent and many other organizations basically writing sweeping generalizations about British Hindu community? And, uh, and you know, how do I say this? Basically typecasting and tarnishing the entire community with this supposed imaginary brush that they have. Well, now, my question and my complaint over here is when you have such articles published in mainstream British media, what the hell were they expecting was going to be the response towards the Hindu community then? Yes. So it looks like the current narrative in the British media is that there is a BJP RSS Hindutva problem in the UK. Uh, what doesn't seem to be clear is where is the evidence for this, if any? What is Hindutva? What is the RSS and why are they a problem? And why is it a problem if people support the BJP? So, so, so nothing beyond the fact of we know there's a problem seems to be established at all. 
basically. So one person is repeating this trope of there is a Hindu or BJP RSS problem, and that just gets propagated with what we've seen so far is next to no evidence um, of any real RSS activity on the ground. Uh, any and 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 if we define Hindutva as um, people who believe in sort of Hindu supremacy or that India should be a Hindu only nation, then we're not seeing any of that, basically. Um, so so that bit is very clear, and that's probably why Sunni had to take that article down. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, Sunni, I think he tries, but it's it's in the, you have to understand, Krishna, that people in England don't understand what's going on in India, don't understand what. Hindu is what Hindutva is, um, and so whatever is fed, whatever is said, is just taken as as gospel. Yeah, but my problem in this entire process is that, let's say, for example, somebody is a BJP sympathizer. Is it illegal in England? No, <laughs> no. So what is this? It, and and secondly, let's assume. Like, I've never hidden it. I'm a BJP voter. Who am I harming? I mean, you seem yeah. to talk to me. So, so, I'm pretty nice. So there's, there's a couple of things, isn't there? One is that India is a democratic country. And if the BJP and, and Modi and so on were voted in democratically, what is England doing saying that this is not valid or this party is this or that um, is, is one side of it. The, the narrative that we're getting from the Islamists in the UK is the BJP is an anti-Muslim party that targets and, and kills Muslims in India. So they should not be allowed any activity, any foothold here. Um, it is the narrative that we're getting here. Um, again, no evidence has been shown apart from sort of over overseas friends of BJP, which as far as which I'm on tell is, is not super active. Um, and apart from when Modi came and they did an event, but you would expect that if the prime minister of any any country comes, you would expect an event to welcome them. That seems pretty normal. Um, and again, and the rhetoric there was was not anti-Muslim. Um, and then what we're seeing on the other side um, is is a lot of, uh, well, well, a few Islamists, and, and it seems very clear that the Muslim community is not largely behind them, um, who, who are basically painting Hindus with a big brush. Uh, and, and the sort of slurs we've seen as cow piss drinkers, the sort of odd idea of the masculinity of they're all vegetarian and vegan and therefore they're all soft um they're not gangsters um yeah i, I saw a muslim a video that literally said that yeah yeah i mean i mean there's plenty there's plenty um yeah we, we can we can pick some of them up if, if i i can share one um with sure. you in a uh, minute if you want to see it, i'll pull it up so uh like, um, I don't know. I just find it stupid, to be very honest, beyond a point that people actually... Uh, I don't know if you can uh, share the audio bit of it. Uh, when you're sharing the screen, make sure at the bottom left of the corner, you click the button where uh, uh, it allows you to share audio. If they don't, then I can do it. Like, this particular man fascinates me the most. Uh, this guy, uh, Mohammed Hijab. Like, what's up with him? What happened to him? Like, what went wrong in his life? Um, we're, we're not sure. We're not sure. There's, there's a sort of video of him in the North London events, um, the sort of North London riots that happened a few years ago, uh, directly telling a policeman that if, if the Jews bring their dogs near him, he will kill their dogs. Um, he, he just seems like this, this type of fellow, 
Um, and, and I, you know, I, I think it's tough. So the, these people, Gushay, you have to understand in the UK are, are generally quite lawyered up um, and they are, they, they're trained and they, and they talk about their training. So not talk about Mohammed hijab specifically, but we have videos of people on TikTok who saying, I'm going to say it like this because of my training. Um, and, and they're trained to toe the legal line with what they say. So they won't say, let's go to Leicester to beat the Hindus up. They'll say, uh, let's, let's get all my Muslim brothers on the streets of Leicester to make them safe and show them what's what, right? So, so it's, it's right on this line. Um, so, so this, we're seeing a lot of, it's, it's fairly sophisticated. Um, it's what, what, what we're seeing in social media. And on so the I came across this uh, video of uh, this great warrior, Muhammad um, Hijab. Uh, I just want to play this. Like, this great son of England, if I can call him. Like, I don't know <laughs> what to say, but uh, so this is... Uh, if they believe in reincarnation, yeah. what a humiliation and pet pathetic thing for them to be reincarnated into some pathetic, weak, cowardly people like that. I'd rather be an animal. I'd rather be reincarnated as a grasshopper, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. So how comes now in Leicester, you're, 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 the Hindutva are coming out, yeah? And you're trying to act like gangsters? You're trying to act like gangsters. Come on, man. You're not about that life. Don't ever. I'm saying this, I'm saying this directly to all the so-called Hindutva wannabe gangsters. Don't ever come out like that again. Do you understand? No, thanks. Are they going to come out like that again? Never. Are they going to come out like that again? Never. Because if you come out, are we going to be here, yes or no? So, I guess this guy is the person, right? Yeah, so that, that's Muhammad Hijab, um, repeating the same old tropes. Um, Cowpiss drinkers, reincarnation, vegetarian and therefore weak, not gangsters. We're all gangsters. Yeah. Um, it, it's been so, around so, for a while. So, so formachismo is like a thing uh, in, in, in the United Kingdom? What? what machismo? Is that what you said? For machismo, false machismo. Yeah, is I mean, it seems right to be it's a like thing. in fashion. No, not really. No, it, it, in England, it's it's more about this sort of um, equality and feminism, and 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 you know, the sort of postmodern then essentially is is where stuff is going going in this direction. Um, which, yeah, it, it is. I suppose it makes sense for for those people who are Islamists to kind of reject that idea and say, "Oh, look how masculine we are," basically. And, uh, by and I, I saw another kids. video where Muhammad Hijab tried to go to another area where the Muslims were, and he was basically told by those Muslims to shut the hell up, uh, hell up, because you just, yeah. just don't do anything else other than incite people, right? That's what has happened. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a great video of him with a megaphone and, and the Muslims around him are just trying to grab the megaphone off him and saying, be quiet. Like, we just want to live peacefully with our Hindu friends and you can go home. Um, yeah. So, and he, he yeah. has another friend. He has another friend whose accent I cannot understand. Please, please forgive me. He's called the Dawa man. 
I don't know. I haven't seen this one. You'll have to show me. Oh, You'll have to oh show man. Me. I, I, maybe I'll, I'll send you his videos. Uh, so, you know, how I came across the Dava man was uh, my good friend, Walid Ven, Walid Andolini Ven, Vidubids. He used to mock the Dava man on his videos on his channel. <laughs> so, they, they, and uh, Dava man is always fighting in his funny accent. I, I'm sorry, I find the British accent funny. At least Dava man's accent is funny. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, he used to fight uh, all these ex-Muslims on YouTube and, and on social media. He does it all the time. Uh, Ali Dava, the Dava man. And and he, he, he is funny. I mean, I have to say, I mean, funny because of the way his worldview is and his his thoughts are i don't know the guy's a weirdo but okay let's 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 go to uh, other stuff that i want to talk about here so now how's the state of the hindu community because i've, I've there's too many news floating around somebody says 200 families have gone out people are leaving leicester in hordes and never going to come back uh, the kashmiri exodus has started in leicester what is really happening man um i'm not sure i can say that that number of families has moved out um what's clear is during those dates the fifth sixth and seventh about 30 to 35 individuals did not live in that area they moved out and one or two were told by the police that don't go there for your own safety now they, they live there so they're told by the police basically don't go to your own house for your own safety it's not safe for you to go home um so so that bit is clear um what's clear is some of them a fair whack of them will try and move out of that area in, in the coming coming period next six months next year but but these Kushal, these are not a well-off community you know this is not a community that can just go oh i'm going to stay in a hotel or i'm going to buy a house elsewhere or i'm just going to switch where i'm renting this this area in leicester is is where a lot of uh sort of migrant populations initially land Right? So it may be their first or second place that they stay. Um, that's not to say this community is new to England or new to Leicester. The majority of them have been around for between you know 10 to five years already uh, in England. Th these are not people that have landed in the last year. Um, no, they've been in Leicester sort of five to 10 years, most of these people. They're, they're familiar. Most of them have jobs. Um, and where they're, where they're really at is they're scared. They're scared. And they're scared for a few reasons. So a few of the boys that were identified in this sort of false uh, media post. And, and there's one that if you want to put it up on screen, um, you can see it in. Um, uh, which one do you want? Which one? Which one are you um, talking about? So it's in uh, uh, like if you look at the Hindu Hindu community. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. And then you look at sort of some of the broken doors. Mm -hmm. You can have a look at this. Yeah, you can pull that up. Um, so, so these are their houses that have been attacked and they've been attacked because there's a, a false post on social media identifying them as RSS youth. And, I, and I'll show that in a minute. Um, and so they're scared. They're scared because some of the people that have shared this post on social media are people that they work with in factories that they work with. So they stopped going to work since the fifth. Um, mm. These are not well off people. So two weeks off work, three weeks off work is, is really tough for them. You know they, they can't really afford to do that um so so this was uh, there was a video shared by a twitter handle called insight uk right yeah uh, they they have shown uh about uh eggs being thrown on them and stuff like that right that that's what you're talking about and uh the doors are smashed and stuff like that right is that yeah. the one yeah yeah okay. exactly 
Yeah. Okay, let, let me pull that. Let me pull that up. Yeah, I, I just we have up. the original videos. Yeah. So uh, you have the original videos? Okay, wait. Give me give, give me a second. Uh, so let's see. Okay, I'm just trying to figure this out. I'm sorry, guys. As I go, uh, you know what? I'll just uh, share the Inside UK one because it's a detailed thread which shows everything. The inside UK one. So you're talking about this, right? This one, right? This particular video? Uh, yes, yeah, so that if you put that up, I believe that's a video of that road. Yeah, this so is that's the door, that's the door that's been smashed in. Um, this is them. So this is on Ganesh Chaturthi. This, and you, you'll see a knife very clearly on this one. Mm -hmm. um, so two boys were slashed. And then they rip off a flag, I believe, a sort of Hindu flag um yeah here mm -hmm. so so this is what's happening and, and they feel targeted uh so this community is extremely scared they're not they're not going out a few of them have been approached when they're out and about um and shown a picture and saying are you rss youth um and then followed um so so they're pretty scared basically um mm. is where they are uh, on on the other side, you know, uh, the Hindu community in Leicester has has Navratri coming up, so this mm -hmm. this festival, um, mm -hmm. and and we were talking to a few of the organisers, who were saying that basically, look, we've had COVID for the past two years, so we haven't had any income, um, and then this year it looks like our ticket sales are about a fifth of what they usually are because people are scared to come to Navratri. They think something is going to happen at Navratri that these these events will be targeted, um, mm -hmm. so so they're not coming out. Um, and and most of them are paying for additional security um, for for their events, basically. And and this is why the Leicester police had to put out that notice, right? Where we assure you about your safety, right? If I if I'm not uh, mistaken. Yeah. So the Leicester police have put out the statement saying we assure you of uh, the safety. What what we're seeing here is is that the Leicester police weren't fully ready on the 17th, and and in fact what they've done is a lot of the vans that we're seeing in Leicester are not from Leicester. They're from Nottingham, Essex, um, just up and down the country. Uh, lots of riot police and so on um, is what we're seeing. So, so we are, I, I think, since the 18th, 19th, the police have, have done a, a better job of showing their presence. Um, mm -hmm. And that's contributed to the peace on the ground. So, so as far as, again, back to my original question. So were there a few Hindu families that left? Yes. Most of them are back. Uh, uh, yes, and uh, the only issue is that now they're scared to showcase their Hindu symbols, which is a damn indictment of British society then, don't you think? Yeah, basically what they're doing is, is they're scraping the Hindu symbols off their doors. Um, yes. And, and for those of you that don't live in Leicester, like when you walk in that area, it's really clear. Like there'll be doors with a cross on them. There'll be doors with uh, sort of Islamic, uh, sort of Arabic text on it. There'll be doors with the Ganesh, a Saraswati. There'll be doors with the Torah, and there'll be doors with the Om outside. Like it's really normal in this area for everybody to just show what religion they are. It, it's pretty common. Um, and now what's happening is those symbols are being hidden in cars um, and on the doors uh, because people are afraid of being targeted. Yeah. So, so uh, what has been the British government's response to this entire thing? What are they doing about this? How do they intend to make the Hindu community feel secure? <laughs> so the the British 
let's let's call it um, institutions. The police seem relatively confused about what's going on. Um, they've they've tried to reassure the Hindu community and the Muslim community that they're doing their best to bring about peace. Um, and, and both communities have, have put out peace statements. Uh, that the feeling in the Hindu community is, yes, you might be around for a little while, but we're being targeted because we are Hindu, right? Um, because we have these symbols and these things could happen at any time. Um, and the feeling we're getting is that because of the loud festivals in this area that was that were annoying and it's a Muslim majority area, it seems that a, that a few sort of people are inciting this to push these families out of these areas. That's what it's really looking like um, on the ground. And then above that layered on top of that is this whole media narrative of Islamists versus whatever Hindu extremists and Hindutva um that's going on so basically okay i don't understand there was this um, in, indian journalist who says look at these in hindus and indians can't even live peacefully in a muslim area does the british law have a rule that only muslims are allowed to live in certain areas no no thankfully not um there are a few bits that are clear and there's, there's a lot that's unclear so I'll, I'll stick to what we know um which is in north london a few years ago we saw a similar sort of rhetoric emerge which sort of said that anywhere that there is a majority muslim area in a masjid becomes becomes muslim and therefore we got what these phrases like muslim patrol that emerge so so then people who, who were not abiding by uh, Muslim law or Muslim um, behaviors uh, were essentially told off or, or pushed out of that area by people in cars who were patrolling that area. Um, and a, a similar language has cropped up here, although it's not as direct. So there's a social media account called Muslim Patrol. Uh, the cars that were going around saying, are you Indian or Muslim, uh, have been accused of being Muslim Patrol. Um, so so we're seeing a bit of that bit of that emerge. And the other bit that we're seeing is a few of these old organizations that used to be banned uh, sort of pop up again in, 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 a, in a slightly new form. So so his Hizbut Tahir, uh, which is banned in Hizbut Tahrir, right? Uh, Sorry? Hizbut Tahrir or Tahir? Tahrir. Tahrir, yes. Tahrir. Wasn't this what, what, what uh, Majid Nawaz was a part of originally? I don't know. I don't know. I think um, Majid Bhai was a part of that when he, uh, before uh, when he was radicalized and then he got out of it. Before he left, sort of. okay. I think uh, uh, yeah. I could be wrong. We'll check. We'll check. Um, so, so, so they've popped up, and and mainly at the moment they're putting out things to be wary of for the Muslim community, how not to get caught in the traps of Hindutva and so on and so forth. Um, but but we're seeing these old actors pop up, and and their agenda is clear. They posted it on their website that they want to use the democratic process uh to to sort of have sharia law um and we've seen a few videos to that effect saying look these are the hindu fundamentalists and they can exist because this is a democratic nation and if you gave us sharia we'd sort them all out um is is the bits of narrative that we're seeing yeah okay so so uh so would it be safe to assume then that when you have uh, what is now as per Indian genius journalists, uh, what is now called a, a Muslim area, I mean, I have to give it to Indian journalists. They come up with absurd words and they bring bring, bring over their Indian uh, horse manure, as to say, to England. And 
so is it safe to assume that when you have a Muslim area, this is what happens? No, no, not really. Um, Leicester's, Leicester's been pretty good um, in terms of peace. Yeah, I just saw you pop up that video of the car. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, because we'll I'm confused. That. I was like, I, I, that's why I'm asking all these questions is because I'm just confused as to the kind of language and maybe maybe we can talk about this right at the india angle right so there's a lot yeah. of coverage from india okay from all sides of the spectrum uh, when i say all sides of the spectrum i literally mean all sides of the spectrum right there's the mainstream media in india that is doing its own coverage uh there is there are digital portals in india that are doing their own coverage so what do you make of the coverage from india Maybe we can talk about that a bit. <laughs> I, I see the yeah. smirk on your face. <laughs> yeah. So, so can can you tell me how how has India fared in the coverage of uh, the issues in Leicester? I, I think if the British media are disconnected from the reality of the ground, the Indian media triply disconnected. Mostly, <laughs> they have no idea what's going on. Like, um, and it's it's generally not helpful. I mean, um, the BBC did you know one piece of good reporting uh, and they identified that a whole bunch a whole host of what was activity on twitter um was geolocated to india right so this is massively influencing the social media narrative um and, and it's coming from india um on on the other side uh you know a lot of this is happening after the attacks so, so then you can't use that and say oh well therefore these problems are coming from india because it's pretty clear that these problems are not coming from india these problems are problems to do with the local area and a few people who, who appear to be Islamists that are inciting this and, and jumping on the bandwagon and using this. And it, at the moment, with the evidence that we're seeing and, and, and the stuff on the ground, it looks like it's a boogeyman. There's Hindutva RSS on the ground being organized. It looks like a boogeyman uh, that, that's just been thrown up uh, to then justify all of the actions and and you know the tearing down of the flag and the flipping of the car and the smashing of cars and the attempted burning of the flag and the surrounding of another temple um these are all justified by saying look there's this big hindu to boogeyman <laughs> so yeah i i think india 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 is a whole separate thing I, I think what has been good um is that the community does the hindu community does feel a little bit supported the indian community does feel supported when uh, the sort of leaders of India said, look, we're calling for peace and we're working with the British government to bring peace. And I, I think that's a positive step because as far as I know, historically, uh, the, the Indian leadership hasn't really been too bothered about the Indian diaspora. Um, so, so I think that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, but uh, what do you make of, uh, you know, brilliant online portals in India on all sides of the spectrum doing all all these, all, all these interviews about... So... <laughs> So, and you had the wire, uh, there's a portal called the wire in India. Uh, yeah. And so I, I just want to, <laughs> that's so funny. So, so the, the wire in up India, I'd say, are some of the the least connected to the ground and to reality. Um, okay. But, but you know, so, so, you know, I'm in Britain, so I, I'm probably not seeing as much of this as you or your audience. Uh, the ones I am seeing is, is this one called Times, Times of India or Times Online or something. Okay. Okay. Um, and they seem pretty good. Everybody I've spoken to that's, that Times have invited on to speak, Times have made sure that everything they're about to say, they've asked for evidence for. They've gone, no, 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 yeah. you can't say that unless you've told us and you've given us evidence in advance of where that's coming from. Um, mm -hmm. 
and I, and I think that shows a level of rigor that everybody should have. All the media outlets should have. Um, mm. Okay, yeah, but where's your evidence? Like you're saying there's Hindu, okay, where's your evidence? You're showing there's Hindu hate, where's your evidence? You're showing there's Islamists, where, where is your evidence? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think you know Times has been pretty decent uh, in that regard. Okay, and and what do you make of? Uh, wait, let let me. So there are these specific Indians who come up with these weird ideas, and they say these weird things. Uh, I don't know how else do I say this, but they they just tend to say weird things. And when I say weird things, like there was this Indian journalist who, like I said, gave the example of a Muslim area. Then there was this another Indian living in England right now. She said, "Oh, you know what? Gujaratis, they are a problem." So I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> the, the, look, the local, the majority of the local community in Leicester. Actually, look, I, I don't have enough demographic data, but everybody I've spoken to in that area, Hindu or Muslim, is Gujarati. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you want me to say? <laughs> I don't know, man. You she know. she clearly had a problem. And she's Gujarati herself, so she clearly yeah. thought she can get away with it. She can just say, you know, <laughs> Gujarati suck. And basically, <laughs> yes. that's about it. And um, I thought she, she realized that, you know, it's clear that Gujaratis are a problem and uh, you know she came up with this uh, genius uh, line and she thought hey hang on and uh, you know, like I gave you two examples one was this lady who talks about uh, Muslim areas and the other was basically as if she was not satisfied she said all Gujaratis suck basically and uh, obviously her insinuation about all Gujaratis suck uh, in yeah. that particular case was I, I, I think... because <laughs> Uh, because Gujaratis voted for Modi, Modi is Gujarati, so Gujaratis suck. So I don't know what that has to do with the British Gujaratis, but she says Gujaratis suck. Yeah, I, I think you and I and all of your listeners know that. that yeah, these these generalizations, are, even most generalizations, are just nonsense. They have to be far more nuanced than that. What, what's clear is 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 Britain and British values of democracy and liberty. These are really important. So, so anybody or anything that is starting to undermine that and go, no, 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 we should have our own law here, or no, 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 everybody should in this area it should it should be illiberal and you have to do what we say, or actually we're going to do whatever the hell we want and not not prescribe to British law. That 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 shouldn't stand. We should we should promote whichever side um, promotes liberty uh, and democracy, a good form of democracy. You and I have our own issues with with sort of stupid democracy. Um, but um, yeah, that that's pretty clear. And, and what's also clear is that England and, and Britain is struggling with extremism, um, and it's not very clear how to tackle this. Um, and th- there's an established history of sort of Islamist extremists in the UK, um, and now this new idea of Hindu extremists has been thrown up. And there's there's no real evidence, or there's no nothing real solid. Uh, you know, the British government is not saying Hindus are trying to blow stuff up or, or do anything sort of in that way. Um, but that term is being bandied around. So, so the British sort of institutions are scrambling to try and make head or tail of what is Hindutva? What is RSS? Well, who is what, who is Modi? Like, what do they stand for? What is going on in India? Um, and and they're just not equipped for this for this type of uh, for, for the depth and nuance that's involved in this discussion. You know what, you know how full of shit they are, is I'll tell you. They keep calling Modi uh, an upper caste Brahmin fascist. 
without knowing the actual cast of Modi. That's how what stupid. Does it matter? Basically, that's not the point. The point is, they okay. if they accuse Modi of being a casteist, they better get his caste right at least. <laughs> they don't even get that right. That's how stupid they are. Uh, you know that. That's my whole point. But I, I want to talk about another aspect inside the British narrative that maybe I, I wanted to hear from you on that too. So the great and powerful Douglas Murray. You know, he has a very, he, uh, Ravi, his British accent is better than yours. <laughs> yeah, so, he speaks very eloquently. Yeah, so, 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 so Douglas Murray, uh, you know, he, he writes that, that long piece. So there are a couple of pieces. Uh, basically, the theme that is coming out of uh, this, uh, obviously, Nigel Farage is also there. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I saw an interesting interview of Alpesh Patel, if I got the name right, and Nigel Farage. That was yeah, City Hindus Network, yeah. It was good. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that was that was Alpesh Patel and Nigel Farage. But in particular, I wanted to focus on Douglas Murray and, uh, you know, Doug, Douglas wrote this uh, very detailed uh, article for The Spectator. And uh, he basically said uh, multiculturalism uh, has failed. Uh, so because uh, of these recent clashes that have happened between Hindus and Muslims, so so, so, Ravi, are you a failure? Because you clearly have failed as far as Douglas Murray's standards are concerned. It depends what we mean by multiculturalism. I, I think this sort of European idea of multiculturalism, of sort of postmodern idea of everybody's beliefs are their own, and as long as they practice them in their own house, we don't really care what they are, and they're all as wacky as each other, um, is past its sort of validity. Because we have to live in a sort of modern society to the extent that there is something called the truth. There is a reality and there is something that that helps society flourish and be liberal um, and integrate with each other and actually celebrate humanity with each other. And there are ideas that are not conducive to that. There are ideas that don't stand up to reason and they don't have or or they should be challenged in our society. Um, So I think that idea has failed. I think the second aspect of multiculturalism that's failed is this idea of everybody comes in and then they just live in in the inside their own communities, right? And that's where we see this term of this is a Muslim area, this is a Hindu area, and this is a Christian area. But why are we ghettoizing England? It should be this is England and everybody lives together and and we should be integrating. So to so the classic example that's drawn is, you know, when David Cameron said, yeah, we should uh, encourage everybody to learn English and we should teach everybody English. He, he was sort of called out for basically being a British imperialist. Um, but that's not true. If, if you're coming to England to live, there's a reason you're coming to England to live, right? And, and it's got something to do with what England is and the British values and the British identity, right? Now, you might not agree with all of Britain's past and what they've done in the past, but you're coming because it's giving you some opportunity or you some structure and you some framework with within which you feel you can flourish and do better than you are doing back home and likely for your family you can do better in which case there should be some level of integration some level of adoption of british values you know um you can't say that ah we chucked everyone in and we let them do whatever they wanted and therefore multiculturalism fails no uh you have to be a little bit better and go have we actually tried to encourage integration and facilitate integration and what have we done about communities that are actively not integrating you know um 
and and how how do you address this um and the polish response is we're just going to close our borders which is interesting um but 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 if we actually want to have a multicultural britain and a multicultural europe i think we have to be far better than going ah we let them all in and everybody is just allowed to do their own thing and now look at just messed up like i think you have to be proactive and say no we're going to try and integrate them so the problem is that Douglas is trying to make his point by creating a false equivalence between all communities and assuming that all communities are equally not integrated, while in the case of maybe a certain section of the Muslim community, maybe the level of integration is not that high. But what Douglas's article was trying to do is basically paint everyone with the same brush. And, oh, these people, Hindus, Muslims, Sikhs, they don't integrate. Why they don't integrate? They fight amongst each other. Well, the Catholics and the Protestants were also fighting amongst each other quite brutally. Uh, so, uh, and last I checked, they were white as hell. Uh, so, have white people not integrated enough in British society too? Um, or what about the soccer hooligans? Where you know they're, they're by and large the football hooligans. I'm sorry, I'm in North America. I should correct myself. Football hooligans. Yeah. Yeah. So. What about the football hooligans? Are they a, a proof of uh, the beauty of British society? That uh, if you have to be integrated in British society, you have to be a football hooligan? I don't understand what Douglas's point is. I think if, if you do just look at it in sort of broad sweeping statements, you can say that multiculturalism has failed because there are communities that are not integrating. There are communities that openly reject Britain and what Britain stands for, and yet they live in Britain. So, so I think if you have an individual in Britain who's going, well, my personal beliefs and my idea of what's important is sits above what's good for myself, the society, and, and Britain as a whole, then then that clearly becomes a problem for Britain <laughs> because that person will will uh, carry out actions that are not in the interest of British society. <laughs> and, and and my question would be how long can a society like that be sustainable if you're facilitating these these individuals and these beliefs and these ideologies that are going well actually we hate britain and we want to take britain down um yeah that that doesn't seem sustainable at all yeah so the, the point is that then it's a failure of islamism not multiculturalism it's quite clearly a failure of islamism it's not like uh other communities are not integrating in the British fabric. I mean, uh, let me let me be brutally honest here. Is the Sikh community not British enough for them? Uh, or maybe they have to shed their turbans for them to be fully British. I don't get Douglas's point. Is the Hindu community not integrated enough for him? Uh, I, I don't understand. Like, uh, well, why is this false equivalence being created where it's clearly one community that is refusing to integrate in British society. Are yeah. the Hindus going are the Hindus going around in UK asking for a law based on Manuswriti? I just want to ask this question. Are Hindus doing that? No. The short, uh, short are, answer are, is no. Yeah. Are are the Sikhs going around in in, in UK and asking uh, for uh, civil laws based on the Guru Granth Sahib? Like no. Are, so, so there's only one community that's asking for laws based on religion, right? There's only a, a segment of that particular community that's yeah. asking for this. Yes, correct. That, so, so uh, is is that a failure of multiculturalism or is that a failure of Islamism? Then, I, I think Douglas is throwing out the baby with the bathwater, basically. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, Douglas is just being Douglas. Doing. Douglas is just being but, Douglas. But, but, yeah. I mean, look, this is this is not my area, but but what I've learned 
sort of through this experience is that that it's a sophisticated beast that we're dealing with um and, and any missteps by the government by institutions by the police are punished and they're either punished legally or they're punished in social media and so on and, and i think that that this has created a fear of of actually iding and identifying the problem and then taking active steps to 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 start to unravel it and actually put steps in that allow sort of even people within the Islamist community to, to just flourish, to, to actually integrate and contribute to British society and, and to help them and their families. Um, I, I can't imagine that, that being in this sort of space is particularly good for anybody. Um, and, and, and there's a few reports that, that we can look at. So the IEA has done one on this, this broad definition of Islamophobia and how it may be stifling genuine investigation into extremist Islamists. Um, and there's another one, the Center for Civic Sciences. I can't remember the exact name. Uh, I'll, I'll ping it to you later, and maybe you can tweet it out uh, to your followers. And, and again, it argues for the same thing of broad sweeping definitions don't allow nuance, and they don't allow us to actually identify and tackle the problem. Um, and so we shouldn't use that. And, and also, there are people within the Muslim community that do not agree with these, these hardline extremist um, Islamists is the term that we're using. Um, and, you know, how do you encourage, encourage this, you know, how, how do you give these people a voice? Um, yeah, these, these are the questions. All right, Ravi, before I start taking the viewers questions, uh, are there any other specific aspects that you want to cover before I, I ask you the audience questions now? Yeah, I, I think I'm just going to, um, share like a, a little picture. Sure, have, sure. Um, please do. Please do. I can share see. a picture. Yeah, so, sure. can you? Yeah, yeah. Once the picture comes up, yeah, this one, right? You can yeah. see this from Hamza Ahmed and uh, Suleiman yeah. Hashim. Mm -hmm. So, so this is just typical of what we're seeing—the sort of cow worshippers, piss drinkers, uh, and the story from Suleiman, which uh, unfortunately cracked me up. I mean, it's a serious situation, but this thing, like, they made me eat five ham sandwiches outside a mosque. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just didn't. They, they made him eat um, five hand sandwiches so that he could get to Hindus. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I just, yeah. Um, another one, Ebu Taira, Muslims crash with the angry group of cow piss drinkers. Um, we're just seeing lots of this. Oh, yeah, this guy, uh, I saw his the, video. Oh, yeah, this guy too. What a, what a this, great man. This, yeah, this gentleman, I believe, actually handed himself into the Birmingham police. So he was arrested, but he handed himself in. I'm not sure why he handed himself in. Um, and and Big Plug TV was one of those that was putting out the false narrative of these are the youths, and they actually put out pictures of the, the youths who live in that area saying these are RSF Hindutva people. Um, so yeah, we, we we saw we saw a lot of that. Going um, on. And this is this is his book Tahir that you can see that have started getting active again. Mm. Got it, got it, got it. So, uh, long story short, um, so let's say I just want let's say if somebody wanted to reach out to you after this podcast and uh, ask you for all this evidence that you shared with me, all the links, everything, uh, is there a way they could do that too? Yeah, I mean, if, if you want to reach out, you can contact us via the Vijayamantan website. Um, there's uh -huh. a form you can fill out. Um, mm -hmm. The evidence at the moment is being compiled into a report. Um, 
so so once that report is published we'll share it and kushal i'll share it with you and you can share it with your followers um okay what we're not keen to do is share sort of half-baked evidence that isn't rock solid um okay. and and perpetuate this sort of false uh fake news and anything like this um mm -hmm. so you know there's a few leads and few threads that we're following up on um but yeah yeah they can reach out to us on the vagina so so i guess uh can i do this then um when the report comes out that you guys are preparing and uh, publish it can i um can i maybe hyperlink it in the description of the podcast later on i guess that would be the easiest way to do uh, do it and yeah. people can just go and access it over there then yeah absolutely yeah all right yeah. fair enough fair enough so guys what we'll do is uh, i guess vichar manthan is coming up with a detailed report where they'll share the entire narration of events and they'll share the different players who were involved in the events what actually happened how much of it is true how much of it is fake uh, what aspect of british media got it right what aspect of british media got it wrong uh, what aspect uh, of uh, the entire issue was actually gotten right by indian media uh, and in indian media we can maybe have two different players the mainstream media and the indian digital media network where you know as uh, you heard ravi talking about the wire and op india both with which aspects were right which aspects were wrong i don't know and, and then you guys can maybe have all of that but uh, ravi let me now go and take some audience questions because we have a few um somebody has asked are, are are other communities also coming in calling for peace um uh, somebody says, given a month ago, the Jewish community also faced similar issues of hate perpetrated by Mr. Muhammad Hijab. Yes, <laughs> the short answer is yes. Um, we are reaching out to sort of the LGBTQ communities in these areas, seeing what their experience is like um, and a few other communities. But yeah, so, so people from the Muslim side, the Hindu side, local councillors, MPs, uh, police have, have, have all been calling for peace. Um, I, I think the challenge of this sort of four or five specific Islamists is, is going to be a, a tough and a long one. Um, th their, their language is very precise. Um, I think some of this fake news is so obvious and blatant uh, that it should be challenged and addressed. Okay, so some one viewer has asked, <laughs> it's a question I'm asking you, your problem. <laughs> Why is the British government hell-bent to welcome and um, an appease Islamist? Don't they learn anything? Look, it's it's tough for them. Imagine facing a problem that you don't understand and you can't make head or tail off. And then every time you put a misstep, you get sued, right? And and then you end up paying them. You end up paying the person that you are describing as an extremist a lot of money, and then they use the funds to, to support their activity. So... So this is the position the British uh, institutions are in at the moment. Uh, is It's a problem they don't fully understand. It's a problem they can't wrap their heads around. They, they tried this prevent program, uh, which had sort of multiple failings. Uh, in the mainstream media, it failed because it was supposed to build mistrust. Um, behind the scenes, it failed for different reasons. Um, and, and look, this extreme Islamism is a problem that has been around. It's not a new problem, right? Like it's a very sophisticated beast, this thing, with, with an infrastructure behind it. Um, yeah, they are trying. I'd say they just don't understand it. They don't understand it. And and I agree that this this policy that seems to to me it comes across as appeasement just doesn't work. Appeasement does not work. We should like I think what what Europe did is to me it learned the long wrong lessons from World War Two. 
we threw out the baby with the bathwater on nationalism because we saw all nationalism as sort of fascist. But but I think we should be proud of British values like liberty, democracy, you know, uh, we should be proud of these things. Um, and, and, and we should call them British values. I have no problem with that. Um, and, 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 and so we learned this, but we, then we haven't learned the lesson that appeasement doesn't work. So I, th I think we learned the long, wrong lessons from World War II. Fair enough. So another person has asked this question. Is there any way to hold the media accountable for peddling false narratives without evidence, whether it's in, in, in inside England or outside England? Um, um, do you think, like, we've clearly seen how the media has actually played a very bad role uh, at more at times, like where is the media accountability? Like I, I used the example of Sunny Hundal and how he had to take his op-ed down, but that was a case of bad journalism. Like Sunny should not have allowed that op-ed to come out. That that basically tarnishes the entire community. But like, how do you hold media accountable when they come up with absurd theories? Yeah, um, <laughs> the the funny bit here is if the Hindu community was organized, uh, you can sue the media or you can take them to Ofcom. Uh, but the bit that the Hindu community is being accused of, which is uh, there's a bunch of you that are organized extremist Hindutva RSS people, the, the Hindu community that I'm seeing and talking to in the UK is disorganized and therefore doesn't currently have the capacity to do this, to actually sue the media for for tarnishing them with this brush. Um, so so that there are methods to follow, like you can take them to Ofcom, uh, you can sue them if it's appropriate for libel or whatever it is. Um, misinformation, you can sue them if it's directly damaged your businesses for loss of income. Uh, but you need the infrastructure and the organization to do that. Um, and, you know, I, I hope that does happen because even for these news channels, they do have a responsibility. Um, and, and providing a balanced factual account or, or a realistic account is so important. Um, and if that's not happening, then then what's the point of media? What is the point of these news channels, basically? They just become sensationalism and entertainment. Right. So I, I just had one follow-up question about, you know, the Hindu diaspora in, in, in England. And maybe I guess this could be my last question before we wrap things up. How, how Do you think the community is going to how is the community going to respond? Like, uh, what has been the response inside the community over there? Like, is there unity? Like, Hindus are famously known for not giving a damn about anything. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to yeah. say that, but I guess I did. Oops. But uh, so, is there cohesiveness in the community? Is there awareness in the community? Uh, is the community talking to each other? Are they saying, look, we need to do something about it? We, we like england the country we want to live here so how it's like what's i guess this could be my last question because it's a broad brush question where a lot of things can be covered yeah so so the indian diaspora in the uk the hindu diaspora specifically is immensely successful um they have per like per capita they're, they're the richest i believe they're now the richest um per individual in the uk uh, as a minority um, sort of highest rates of education, lowest rates of imprisonment, lowest rates of violent crime and all of these things. So, so as individuals, extremely successful. Um, where are they in regards to this? 
Um, unfortunately, in the initial days, a lot of the statements from the Hindu community and the Hindu community leaders just echoed the narrative in the media of, oh, it's a small bunch of extremist Hindus and, and you know, they should all go home and, and live peacefully. Uh, and now as this evidence or lack of evidence has come out, this narrative has started to change of, hang on a second, these there were we haven't found any evidence of these extremists on the streets, these Hindutva extremists on the streets. We've seen plenty of evidence of Islamists, but but none, or basically none of these Hindutva extremists on the street. Um, what I'm hoping comes out of this is is a waking up. Um, and look, I'm, I'm part of Vijayamantan, so I'm going to say, you know, let's let's fund organizations like Vijayamantan that, that are pro-liberty, pro-sustainability, um, that are on the ground doing this work and writing reports and and earnestly exploring this. You know, it's not it's not we could have released all our facts and our information in a slapdash report, but we didn't. Um, so, so let's fund organizations like that and institutions and let, let's institutionalize our response to this in a way that's that's conducive to everybody in Britain, basically, that that fits within this idea of dharma, right? So that that which is sustainable and contributes to the society. Fair enough. All right. Uh, so Ravi, I guess, uh, you know, we'll, we'll wrap things up over here. But once again, before we wrap it up, are there any last words you have for my viewers, listeners, or for the community at large? You go for it. No, I, I think what I'd say is, look at the videos. Uh, Insight UK has done a decent job. They seem to be a little bit, obviously, totally on the Hindu side. Um, and, and, and there's a few others that are that are doing well. Um, Henry Jackson Society has done pretty well. Um, and, and look, your viewers, your viewers are quite sophisticated. Uh, I, I've seen a bunch of the comments and it's very clear who's who. So if it's coming out from a left wing media channel, you know how to take it with a pinch of salt. If it's coming out from a fully right wing media channel, you know they're going to skew it. Um, what I'd say is clear here, uh, and it applies to this or any event going forward, is talk to people who are there on the ground. What was abundantly clear to the VM team who were there on the ground, literally after, straight after our sustainable narratives conference, was that what we were seeing on reality did not match almost anything we were seeing on social media, and it most certainly didn't match anything we were seeing in the media. Um, and it reminds me of what you were telling me about the Mumbai riots, because in England, we thought they were the biggest thing in the whole of Mumbai was on fire. And you basically told me they happened in one corner and largely between two gangs, two, three gangs, right? Um, so it's this idea of talk to people on the ground, right? If you want to get the true narrative. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, a lot of times what happens is uh, social media and the way social media functions is we're all victims of the negativity bias. While things tend to go out of control or sometimes things do go bad or et cetera, et cetera. What people don't realize is they, 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 they fall in their in uh, in their capability of actually analyzing the larger larger narrative like i i it's been multiple occasions where i've told people that even when there are riots in india today the intensity of the riot is actually far lower than what used to happen in the past simply because indian state capacity has improved you know india police is better we have more cops in india today than maybe we did have 40 to 50 years ago or 30 years ago or 20 years ago for that matter indian state capacity has come a long way and you know it's still horrible in india but the point is it's better than what it was so even when we yeah. make improvements there small improvements are there and and unfortunately what happens in, in in on social media people people deal in extremes and people want masala as they say you know what is the masala yeah. there and, and 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 i'm sorry real life is not masala real life sometimes is just boring 
and uh, which is which is why you know even when i could have called you last week too i didn't i wanted everything to be sorted out and i was like let's wait yeah. let's wait let's wait let's wait let's uh, let's wait for more evidence to come out i mean i could have milked the damn lester narrative and made some clicks and some money but i didn't the reason is because i no, only cared about the tooth i didn't care about anything else and i cared for the community and i don't know how clickbait inducing articles whether they are from the left or from the non left help the hindu community in england in any way possible i don't know how they do and they can say what they want to say you know one side can say one thing the other side can say something but the end of the day the hindu community in england is going to stay in england where else are they going to stay right they're going to stay in england and uh, they like england apparently uh, <laughs> for us <laughs> little i like england that, yeah so that's the whole point people yeah, like definitely. england so and to keep on making these absurd statements like to me it was emblematic of how you know the muslims also shut mohammed hijab up in that video they like shut the hell up man you keep inciting and th that's the whole point we need to maybe tell everybody beyond the point to shut the hell up uh, is there a islamist problem in the united kingdom absolutely yes and and there is a disproportionate problem okay these are my words these are not ravi's so these are my closing remarks so uh did the hindu community face problems in england absolutely yes and we should all be worried about it and we should all come together and help the hindu community in england but when we talk about helping the hindu community in england it should be help we should not screw them over so please help them don't screw them over so by peddling fake news by peddling false narratives by clearly trying to kandi lagao as they say in our bhasha um you know you don't help them you really don't help them they know their life they know their rules far better than you do so why don't you hear from them for a change are you going to teach them yeah, while you can challenge players and ideologues on all sides over there too but you have to understand they are living it so maybe we should hear it from them first uh, is multiculturalism a failure i don't think so and 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 this has been my firm view again i'm not saying this is vichar mantan's view but it is my view that i think douglas murray gets it wrong i think multiculturalism is not the problem islamism is a problem islamism doesn't get along with anything does islamism get along with uh, democracy no does it get along with christianity no does it get along with hinduism no where what does it get along with it doesn't even get along with the ahmadis and the shias so what are we talking about it doesn't get along with anything so islamism is the problem and we should not be ashamed of calling out the giant it's not even an elephant in the room it's a dinosaur in the room it's a dinosaur in the room that nobody wants to talk about islamism is the problem at least in this case it was islamism that was a problem and we should not be ashamed of calling uh, calling it what it is that doesn't mean muslims are a problem we're using the word islamism again and again and again and again and again but you should not be silenced to talk about islamism just because somebody thinks oh you are this or that and the last message again you know this line of questioning in the entire western media landscape has just left me baffled i'm going to do a monologue on this separately but i have to make a passing comment before i literally wrap it up what is this hindutva monster first of all once again through this podcast i invite any westerner uh brown people not allowed white people <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
So if you are the so-called South Asian expert, by the way, it is not South Asia. It is the Indian subcontinent. So we'll start there, first of all. It's the Indian subcontinent. But if you are an expert on Hindutva, RSS, and BJP, here's an open invitation from me, the Charvak Podcast. Come on my platform. Tell me what these things are. Explain to me what they want, what they do. What do they mean by Hindu nationalism? What do they mean when they say RSS uses the words Hindu Rashtra? And then if you have a problem, we can sort it out. But my condition is that you are going to do, as they say in Sanskrit, a Purva Paksha, or in English, the steel man. You have to steel man the arguments of the RSS. And you have to share primary sources. And you have to share them holistically. And then if you, even after that, you cannot convince someone, then maybe you need to introspect. Interesting bit is, I have sent this invitation out on Twitter. I might have a small presence of Twitter, but it is not minuscule. I still have a few followers. I invited people to come and speak and explain Hindutva to me. Not even a single person that has reached out to me doesn't even know age of Hindutva. And this is the problem. And as far as, you know, I never was the Hindutva kind of a guy, by the way. But if the British media narrative or the Western media narrative is going to try to silence Hindus up by using the Hindutva brush, by using the Hindutva brush, they think they can silence Hindus up. So I want to make this official declaration today. I am Hindutva. I own it. The funny part is I have so many problems with RSS and its uh, economic policies. But if it means that they are going to shut us up by not letting anybody else speak, by just using the word Hindutva, that I am Hindutva, you cannot shut me up. So I'll leave everyone at that. Ravi, once again, thanks for coming and thanks for you know sharing all the evidence with me. And uh, uh, like I said, uh, we, we, will, uh, we will add it uh, to the to the description of the podcast later on once your report is out. So thank you very much uh, and uh, pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, people. So we're going to wrap today's discussion up. Once again, if you want to support Vichar Manthan, in the description of the podcast is the link to their website. You can go on vicharmanthan.org and you can support them. You can follow them. You can look at their material. They also have a YouTube channel where they host multiple discussions. You can go on uh, Vichar Manthan's YouTube channel and subscribe over there. You can follow them on Twitter. I have left a link over there. Once again, I will leave the link to the report once Ravi gives it over to me. I will update and edit the description of the podcast and I'll the add the report over there and i'll also tweet it out separately as the uh, as as and when it's shared with me as far as i'm concerned please support the charvak podcast please subscribe to this channel like the video leave your comments over there please uh, also the as this time it is about gujaratis as per one reporter so please leave your swear words in gujarati it's always welcome i always appreciate all the gujarati swear words as a mumbaiker so you know their gujaratis also have interesting swear words especially the surti ones are really nice and um, you know, if you want to support me, you can become a member on YouTube. You can become a subscriber on Patreon or you can send your donations through UPI or buy the Charvak Modcast merch. I will see you guys next time. Until then, namaste. Take care. Bye-bye.